welcome to the next and newest episode of the Gun Dog Notebook Podcast. This is your host, Darrell Smith, and this is my audio journal about the stories, legacies, and bird dogs from individuals who have made significant contributions to the upland, waterfowl, and wing shooting community. I'd like to thank my sponsor, The Pride Dog Food, for supporting this endeavor, as well as Robin Watson of Tibia Gun Dogs for contributing information on British field trial and British retriever training techniques. Stay tuned, you guys. This is the next episode of The Gun Dog Notebook. couple of people signing on as instagram is letting uh folks know that we're getting on but robin we're back with with the dove season tomorrow man yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a good day, gonna be a good day. exactly exactly um i really think this is gonna be a good one and you know i'm excited that you wanted to it was your idea so let's say it like that first but i'm excited that you wanted to uh get on the podcast and talk a bit about uh you know dog training you know especially when it comes to uh you know dove season that's kind of a big thing down here in the south especially georgia south carolina i mean a lot of other places too but I, i i think a lot of people need to it's something that we need to think about you know so what I want to do is start, you know, start uh, start off the conversation, Robin, with some of the differences, because if you've ever been out dove shooting or dove hunting, it's very similar to duck hunting, but it's not quite the same. Do you think so? Definitely. It's a different type of hunting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really. Heat's different. Weather's different. You know, the, I said the heat. Right, but I mean, everything's different, and it's all right. Me and you being ready, right? But is the dog ready? Is the dog ready? Are we going to ruin all the work we put into that dog along the way just to go and make it sit in a dove in a dove blind and shoot the hell out of doves? Right. Are we going to ruin our our best mate? Right, right. We uh, got my buddy Josh on. What's up, man? Um. And it's, it's just interesting, you know, I guess you see so much social media content and books and stuff like that, that really highlight duck hunting and we'll get there during the season, of course, but with doves, they're different type of bird. And if, even if we can, Robin, if we have the time, I even want to talk about, you know, how you go about maybe setting out decoys or anything that you do, but let's talk about, first of all, you know, introducing your dog to live game shooting. How do you how do you get okay. around to it? You know, if your dog looks well, nervous. Well, I think what we got to do first is make sure the dog's had uh, the, the the bumpers with the wings on. It's heard shots. It's uh, 
what used to have in cold game, you know, a dog you got in the freezer right. from the last season. Uh, you know, just generally making sure that we're not rushing it for rushing sake, you know. It's like, you know, we spent, let's say, 2000 on a puppy, 12 months worth of training it, and for the sake of a few months, we're going to rush it into the dub line. Right. Or not to let it, and, you know, sunshineness would probably never cure. We may, we may be able to help it along the way, but there's a lot of things we can do to help it. You know, throw the dub out, get someone to fire a shot, the little dub, you know, uh, one out of the freezer. But you want to start, you got to start with wings first. You got to make sure they know what, what we're doing. Right. And, and, and you know, like anything, an education book, or you go and get your, your full time job, it's lasting. Right. And it's the same for a dog, gun dog. And, you know, yep. And that's, that's important, man. Um, you just gotta, you know, you've got to get them used to it, right? Yeah. So what I would do, let's say we've everything, we've ticked all those boxes we've been talking about. Dog's good with a cold bird, it's good with a shark, et cetera, et cetera. So, how I would, I would go, Let's say I'm going out with my friends. We're going to shoot until 6 o'clock, let's say. So I would probably leave my dog in the truck to start off with, okay, and let it hear the shooting where it's not getting frightened and far enough away. Leave my young, young dog in the truck. I'm not talking about a seasoned dog, but young dog in the truck. Let it hear the shooting going on. If at the end, I would go and get my dog out and I'd stand with it on a lead somewhere and let it, let, let it see a few doves fall out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Then what I would do, once there's all, all the commotions finished, I'd let most of the people pick the doves up, but I'd want to know whether there's two or three doves of my own. Okay, so then, now you know you've got a dove on the ground. Right. So you've got to pick a dog, it does it. Let's not fly it out at a long distance or anything like that. Let's just go and get it used to hunting for the dove and let it reward itself sitting there and watching the doves being shot for the last 10 minutes. Right. Or 15 minutes. It's kicked two or three doves, it's done a good job, So now you're ready for the next time. So now you, the next time you go out, you take that dog, can you mate and take it into the dove blind? Again, only for about 10 or 15 minutes at the end. Mm-hmm. Let it hear a few... <laughs> few shots at the doves at the deck, let it see a couple fall out of the sky, and then you get it out the, the blind, and you go and pick your doves. Right. And you pick two or three, but it's very, very crucial that you know where these doves are, because you don't want to be hunting a young dog and getting fed up with hunting and making it turn off by not finding anything. Right. So even if it means you go and get a couple of doves off your friend and go and put five out. Don't put them all close together. You know, space them out a bit. Right. Just so the dog runs in one direction, it finds, and goes in another, it finds. Even throw one out your pocket, you know, and just do it like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things I miss not. So, in the beginning, when you're preparing it, you know, you've done the first time out, 
the first dub it picks, you want to go and pick it up by hand and re-throw it for it. Just let it pick it up. and Because warm game is totally different to cold game. Absolutely. To the dog. Absolutely, totally different. Because now we've got a bit of your hand set on there. It's used to pick in a bumper that you've thrown. So it's, now it's starting to associate different things about it. Right. So don't be too depressed if your dog won't want to pick that dove to start off with. It will. But don't go and get, oh, my dog's a load of rubbish. It's gone through all this. But it doesn't know what a warm dove is until you give it one. Right. Right. So it is very, very crucial. We do that, and and I, I do it with all my dogs, whether it's a pheasant, a duck, a quail, or a dove. They get all those cold first of all, and I don't mean freezer cold. I mean defrosted. We call cold game thawed out game from England. Right. I don't mean freezer or anything like that. They can't be thrown in one without a head on or anything like that. Teaching it a wee bit. Some idiots do. You know, some people cannot, let me interrupt you right there uh, real quick, Robin. Some people really, you know, really believe that ripping the head off the game is like a thing for the dog. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, you don't don't want to teach your dog to eat game to start off with. That is not, not the right thing to do. And it's not, certainly not the right thing to do for the bird, is it? Right. To be honest, it's not. It's not. It really is not. And, you know, it's important. I wanted to say that because there's a few, uh, you know, gun dog books that I've, you know, read and bird dog books that I've read and things like that. And I just, I never thought that that was actually a, a very, very smart way to go about, um, you know, introducing a dog to, to, to birds. Like, I don't want him to eat it. So, yeah. I mean, I've seen it happen, actually, years ago when I came across your place and they pulled the leg off the bird for the bird dog, giving it a dog green, and it, thinking, what are you doing? And I asked the guy, why do you do that? And he said, well, it makes the dogs want to hunt for. No. no. (laughs) But I think it just wants to make them eat the bird. Right. <laughs> you're you're starting. We got to imagine a dove or a quail. It's only a couple of mouthfuls for, for any dog. Right. Right. You know? Wow. I mean, you know, some people just really, really, really believe in that methodology, and I, I, I don't subscribe to it. I know for a fact you don't subscribe to it. Um, you know, but. There may have been a good old-fashioned reason, which I don't know about, and I may be still speaking ill of the old trainers, but I certainly don't know any old trainer in the UK, alive or dead, that did that. Right. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm not here for it. Um, I don't do it with my dog. Matter of fact, just to throw you a funny story, I messed around, and it wasn't with Dove. It was with Quail. I was doing some uh, pin birds, um, once and I'd have my dog out and had run him and I put him up after you know he did a good job and was working and we had shot probably about 15 quail that day and then we um, we put him up and brought the other uh, Chesapeake out and I guess I, I forgot that I actually because I had just hitched him to my truck you know he was fine 
but I forgot that I left a line of quail out on the back of my truck tailgate. My dog didn't eat not one of them. No. Because I didn't, I didn't introduce it right. But if had I, you know, introduced him chomping on the heads of game, I might have a different, you know, outcome. Well, yeah, I know. I said I don't understand, but I think the point of guys, what we got to remember, is that they don't expect their dog to pick game anyway. Right. So it, it, we may be talking badly of them. It may help their energy right. and enthusiasm to hunt the game. But I personally wouldn't do it. Right. And I, and I, like I said, I don't mean to talk badly of I, the I old point I don't either. I mean, I hope we're not, but you know, let's let's talk, you know, forward and let's talk real. I mean, I I just don't think you should do it. And I don't think you should do it with any dog, not just you know, not I'm I'm sure I, there's other ways. I, years ago, I did hear of a guy that said his dog wouldn't pick up peasants. And he said, What do you do? He'd leave a present in his kennel, a dead one. For to eat it. Okay, so he get it, so he wants to retrieve it. Well, that dog would never bring that pheasant back to him. It, it would run off into the bushes and try and eat it. Right. So it didn't work. Right. And and I'm 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 good on that. Um so yeah, that that I'm, I hate to to get off topic a little bit. I just wanted to mention that that was something that had always been on my mind. But look, Robin, let's um let's let's talk with a dog that you know has been pinned up all summer, you know, and and he knows he's ready to hunt and he's overexcited to get out there to that dove shoot. How do you cope with that? Well, you should have really let's be honest. You should have really done a bit of homework and take the excitement out of him and and trained him during the season. Right. That's, that's, that's how I would do it with, with any dog. You can't suddenly get him out of the out of the stores and take him in and think, hey, he's going to be all right. It's like football practice, cricket practice, baseball, whatever you call it over here. You've got to have practice before you do anything. Any sportsman does. Right. And I'm like a sporting dog, so you've got... You really have got to prepare them. There's no excuse for laziness. What do you expect your dog to do if you've not got it out? All right. You know, you've got to run that excitement off it. And, and by doing that, by using your cold birds, your cold ducks, cold doves, you're going to do it. You're going to keep that dog tuned in all year round. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, again, in the UK, in the close season, pheasant shooting's over. Um, park with darkness all over. I go pigeon shooting, I go rabbit shooting. They still get warm. The ones that get still warm game because the bumper means very little to them that. Right. And, and, and I used to set up uh, five o'clock at night, drive three hours to shoot rabbits at eight o'clock and get back at 12 o'clock. <laughs> and take 12 o'clock at night just to go and shoot. 10 or 15 rabbits over my dogs. Yep. Yep. And it just, and it just keeps them tuned in, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of trainers that take the dogs in for what I call refresher courses, which, um, you know, you send them in just three season for five or six weeks uh, and they, and they can tune them up if, you, if you're too busy to be able to train your dog. And some people are, let's be honest. Right. You know, they've got a, a, you know, a, a real busy job or whatever, 
the time's all taken up. But there's many a trainer out there that will help you condition your dog and also keep it picking game. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you can't do it yourself, get someone else to do it for you. And you do? Do you do that at uh, Tibia Gun Dogs promo? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I had to advertise so. a little bit for you, Robin. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not trying to get anyone's business. I'm just saying it's it's a good good angle to do. Right. You know. Right. Couple of three weeks, whatever. Right. Get them into a trainer. You know, let them see a few birds. Obviously, you can't shoot quail in that in the closed season, but they can you can keep birds and flush them out of a trap, and just so they can see birds and have a wing on for them to pick. You know, right? Um, on your bumper. I'm not telling anyone be illegal or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot you can do. Yeah, it's there's a lot and. I mean, you've got to keep them on it. I don't know if you do this with your dogs, but I definitely do it with my dog every so often, Robin. Even in, like, when when I want to work on just retrieving and steadiness on my dog, it, it sounds crazy. Maybe it does. I actually take my lab squirrel hunting, which is different. But, I mean, I shoot a squirrel, he falls, the dog marks it, it's the same thing. Yeah, you can do that if you want. The only thing is... I will say this, if you get a squirrel bite your dog and it kills it, you may end up with a hard enough dog. Right. That's what you've got to be careful. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't take them out every time, but just, you know, every so often I might shoot a squirrel and just have them retrieve it. No, I think it's a very good thing to do, but all I'm saying, you just got to be sure of your dog's mouth. And I certainly wouldn't put my young dog on a squirrel in case it's did bite him if it's wounded. Right. And put him off picking up game forever. Right. Um, and that's one thing I, you know, a lot, of, you know, a lot of keepers and different people will pick squirrels, and, and and I can't see no reason why you can't. But I would always be worried about my dog getting bit. Same as shooting crows in England and stuff. You know, you just got to make sure it's dead, then send your dog. Right. But, and and you know, best way to do that, the way I do it, and I get a kill shot every time. I just take my, I got a four ten shotgun that's about. Uh, it'll be a hundred years old next year, but that gun hits oh, yeah. hard as nuts, and yeah. and so I mean every time I have uh, you know shot that that squirrel, I mean I've shot plenty of it with it. They fall and hit the gr- hit the ground dead every time. But again, to, to you what you're saying, I would not do that if I didn't trust what it was that I that I'm doing. No, you know, and I don't get wrong with that. Like I said, I just would worry about the young dog getting bit. Right. Or that's you know that's the only thing because those squirrels are nasty buggers. Right. Oh no, they are. Um, they definitely are. Um, but like I said, I, I got a four ten that'll knock hell out of a squirrel. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want. It's like in the UK, like I said, we shoot a lot of rabbits, and I'm surprised you don't shoot more rabbits over your dogs here. Right. We do it whether it's with, with a two two rim fire or whether it's with a shotgun. We do a lot of rabbit shooting close season, and. And it's a very good thing. And people go, oh, I don't want to make my dog, you know, rabbit mad. It won't. Not if it's trained. You, you know, whatever you shoot, it picks. So we can all be careful with that. But, you know, it's it's a very, very good thing to do. And you know, I think it's, it is a big thing to keep that dog fit. And I'm not saying you, you haven't got to give it some time off or stuff like that. But you, you do need, when you're coming in the hunt season... 
don't just take them out there blind. And what I meant to say was that, but this is a young dog. Start off with, not do that blind, that does blind, when I was still on the outside of a bit of woodland or whatever, and somebody else was down the, just a bit further down shooting dubs for me. I'd only pick my own dubs to start off with. Right. And I, the reason for that is, we don't want the dog every time to see a bird when it falls to the ground. We don't want it breaking and running across the other side to pick somebody else's dub. Educating, you're going to pick your own first. Mm-hmm. Don't give yourself don't give yourself too much to do. Now you can always walk down there and help him pick those birds if right. he's at the side. Don't get sending them straight down through there to start off with. Right. Don't don't educate him to look that far yet because. If your dog ends up breaking or you get a few problems, it's going to be stealing somebody else's dog's birds. Then we're going to get tug of war cut taking place. And then we haven't we just got the breaking to stop. Then we've got to stop it chasing other dogs with birds in, this mouth, with it, in the mouth. Exactly. And that, to me, you know, that's nearly a dog. Once it turns into that, it's nearly a dog. You've got to leave it home with mummy. Right. And to, to even add to... Uh, to that statement, Robin, you said something again that I remember, you know, fundamentally, we have these dogs to retrieve game that has run, right? I can yep. go out, I can go out and pick birds myself if it's dead. So, you know, I think it's important that you, like you said, that you pick your own birds because I think that also gives that dog a focus area because, you know, focus area. Yeah, yeah, like if you, you, can, you can, but you can educate them to do more eventually, but let's not run too fast, right? Because first of all, we want him to be steady. For sure. Secondly, we want him to return into hand nicely with a bird, right? If we can get all, all that accomplished on the first out, you've done very well, right? Now the next time you take him out, he's going to think, "I know what the hell I'm doing here. Do I really need it?" Do I really need my master? So he may attempt to break because he knows how excited he got last night. You know? Now, if you've got one that's jumping up and down and pulling you on the leash and stuff like that, don't let him have a bird. Don't let him have a bird yet. Not until he calms down. Right. People say, oh, I'll give him a bird and calm it down. It doesn't point him up all for the next one and the next one. So you don't let him have a bird till the end, and then you get that bird in your hand, you throw it, and you make sure he sits there, he does as he's told, and then you throw it and let him have it once he's calmed down. Yep. Yep. But because I'm if we it. can't, it's slowly, slowly. Go fast. If you go, if you go too fast, you fail. Go slowly, you know, you will succeed. Yeah. Too fast generally ruins a good dog. Yeah, that's and that there's so many trainers that you know they want that fat, that too fast dog. We'll call it that. You know, and I understand too, man. I I get it. We sit and we wait all summer. You know, a lot of people that you know listen to the podcast probably don't have a full time dog. You know, job as a kennel you know owner and things like that so we get a little excited you right like you get a little excited you can't blame people right but but you have to have the self-control yeah i mean you take take your time the first couple of years with that dog on the hunting field 
it'll be a great thing and it's surprising how many invitations you will get different places if you've got a good dog right right you know you you would do well by it if you rush and you've got an unruly one you may sometimes get asked to leave your dog at home yep you can come shoot but you can't bring that dog back yeah or leave him in leave him in the truck but I mean I know we we have got to expose him at some point to games but like I said you go too fast and you run a lot of risk of damaging things and you know so, it, it happens everybody you know so get this Robin um, a buddy of mine can you hear me yeah that's a cop okay so a buddy of mine um, actually is on a, on the live stream now and he asked two questions. What do you think rushing a dog means? Which, you know, and what what is really rushing a dog as far as the time limit? Like, how long should it take for a dog to really be steady on doves? Well, personally, shoot over it properly until it's 14, between 14 and 18 months old. Okay. I really wouldn't. Um, you know, there is a reason there's drinking age groups for us. It's because we ain't old, we're not old enough to, to be sensible. Right. And it comes at a point, it's a similar thing with a dog, really. So, you know, I, I would rather have all the obedience installed, sit there, you know, maybe a shot of quail on my own with it somewhere. You know, go and pay a guy to put a few quail out. Do it like that, slowly, slowly. You may be able to do that at 12 months. You know, mm-hmm. go and brush a quail on your own. But it's certainly not ready for the battlefields of Waterloo. You know, with, with everybody stood around a cornfield and bang, 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 and everybody's shooting, there's doves dropping everywhere, you know, Argentina style. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not ready for that. Just not ready. You may get a lucky, lucky break and it'll be okay. But you wait until the third or fourth time out and you're still doing it and see what it's like at the end of it. I've seen many a good dog ruins like that. Right. Everything went everything went well the first time. Everything went well okay on the second time, and then the dog knew too much. Right. You see, the way I the way I used to do it on the driven shoots in the UK, and still would now. So I take my young dog out, and it's a similar, like we were talking, it's similar to a tower shoot, everything like that. So what I would do, I would sit there, and they shoot a few pheasants and stuff like that. Every time one hit the ground, I'd just give it a little check on the lead, say no, leave it. And I'm talking about a dog that's steady to everything, but I've tried it in the rabbit pen and all sorts. So every time one hits the ground, I say no, and once it drives over, I try and remember whether it's a bird or something like that, marked one. Let my older dogs, let my older dogs up go off hunting and then I send my youngster back to where I know there's one, an easy one. Right. So that that's the first occasion now. Everything's gone well. The second, the second occasion or the second drive, I wrap the lead around the dog's neck and most dog leads have got one of those bungees where it stops the lead coming off yep. so you push it up to, up to the top, tight around the dog's neck wrap it around his neck 
tuck it in. So now it's like a collar rather than a doggy. Right. And you just leave a little loop sticking out. And so I'm, I'm saying, every time a bird hits the ground, no, leave it, or whatever I'm saying. Again, you know, I, I remember where there's a bird or two. Strip the dog off the lead. I don't let it go straight away. Not until I send it, strip the dog off the lead, walk it here or whatever. Send it in to pick up the bird. So everything generally by that time, hopefully, in my, in my training way, goes right. Right. Then the next time I take my dog out, it's off the lead completely. But I'm still saying the word, no, other people are out there shooting. I'm not shooting. And then once that, generally if that's happened with me and everything's gone right, those dogs are generally steady. I'm not going to say till the day they die until about nine years old when they know too much, you know? <laughs> but, you know but generally they will stay, you know, nine, ten year old, they will still be steady. They'll remember it. Right. But I'm lucky where I'm, that's all I'm doing is training dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh... Okay, we got Wild Rose uh, Great Lakes just on, too. We've had a lot of listeners on. You were talking. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, but we've got quite a bit of listeners on, uh, Robin. Uh, so that's definitely, you know, really, really dope. But, you know, Robin, let's let's be clear. I'm, I I love what you're saying. And, and I'm, you know, me, I'm definitely going to follow it regardless. But, you know, again, I think it what you're asking people to do is have a hell of a lot of self-control. You see what I'm saying? Most, patience. Patience, yeah. seriously. Most people want to shoot over that dog. Oh, and, yeah, eight weeks old when they come and buy it. Right, and rightfully so. That's what we bought the dog for, right? Other than being a companion yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I, think you, I think we all need to, you know, really, really, really drive that that home that you got you got to be patient. Lost you, Can you hear can you hear me now? I'm losing you, mate. Can you hear me? I lost you then. We had a bit of a break. Okay. Can you hear me now? Uh-oh. What happened? Hold on, guys. We had a signal break. Robin, keep talking until I hear you again. I can hear you. You are really low. Hang on. Let me turn it up. Hang on. There we go. All right. We're back. I got you. Okay, mate. All right. So, you know, we're back. So what I'm saying is I, I totally agree, but I think we need to drive home the point that you have to be patient. You know, with dove season, I know that it's been a long time, but you got to be patient. You limit the risk. You do limit the risk of things going wrong the more slowly you take it. You really do. Now... Now we can, yes, we can bring in directional work and we can bring in all sorts of different stuff later. But we can't stop a dog from munching and crunching on a bird after so long. We can't stop a dog wanting to rip it out of another dog's mouth. Maybe you may be able to, but we've caused that by being too, too, in too much of a hurry. Most of the time, most of the time, I'm not saying every time, sometimes things just go wrong. Right. But if we can limit, give yourself a limitation, that's why I'm saying take your dog, 
let it see the last 10 minutes of the dub shoot. You know, the next time you take it, maybe let it see the last 30 minutes. Right. Let somebody else shoot for you. Um, I know it's hard, but it will pay off more than more than you, you realize. Right. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm here for that, man. Let me ask you this also, Robin, just to, to move on. And I also want to get into the, the, the decoys and the setup, right? So how do you prevent your dog from actually snatching your decoys off the, off the ground? Okay, well, I teach mine. Mine get taught with decoys uh, at the place, you know, to run through decoys. Mm-hmm. Mine are actually bought that there and then. But not everybody can do that. So what you do, first of all, you you kill a couple of birds over your decoys. Walk your, walk your dog through the decoys. Or, or, or go through there and throw a bumper through the decoy so it learns to run through them in the first place. Start off the other side of your decoy so they're not going to mess about with them. Mm-hmm. You, you know, go, go through your decoys first of all. And then gradually, they will soon learn that what the decoys are. They, they won't bother with them. But it does, they do, you do have to educate them to it. Right. I, I used to do a lot, a lot of pigeon shooting over, over decoys on wood pigeons in England. And, uh, yeah, I get a young puppy, youngster then. He, he would turn the decoys over every night now and again. It'd be a right pain in the ass to me. I think it's the end of, end of my world. Right. But they still learn not to mess with them. They soon know, know, the dif- know the difference between plastic and the real thing. Right. But, you, again, you've got to be patient with it. But if you've got a few decoys of your own, go and place them out in the backyard. Throw a bumper through them. You know, let them see that they can run through the decoys. Mm-hmm. Even leave a bit of a a roadway through them, you know, to start off with. So they get to run and see the decoys either side of them. But then gradually group them up together some more. Right. I mean, like today, you've got those mojos with the spinning spinning wings and everything. Yep. I'm actually going to pick one of those up this weekend, but go ahead. Yeah, well... Let the dogs see those as well, because they may jump off those, you know? Yeah. They don't get used to seeing things go round and round and smack on the nose, you know? Right. I think you got to <laughs> do it in the yard, too. Don't, you know, don't do it five minutes before you go dove shooting. No, but I, like I said, I don't think it's the end of the world. If they if they break the decoy pattern, you can soon go and pop them back up again. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't help yourself, like you said, by... By adjusting, by training through the decoys, you can help yourself very easily. Right. right. And they they soon they soon learn not to mess with them. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of decoys, Robin, do you have any like any dove shooting decoy tips or anything or or ideas? You know, just to make sure that folks bring in birds and and have good shooting opportunities. I've always placed my decoys and my pigeons, and I'm not sure if it's the same with doves. I always face them into the wind. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll always face a bird into the wind. Like I said, I'm, I'm new to this dove shooting with wood pigeons. You face them into the wind, you do a bit of a horseshoe, yep. batten or whatever you want to do, just pop them around. And then in the UK, I mean, it's not quite the same here. We go and put the live ones, you know, the dead ones we've shot, back out. Yeah, so um, I noticed that too. I really, 
I really like that. You guys do a lot with live game. Talk about that a, a bit. Well, not with a live game. What well, we it's do, not live, so but you 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 set the dub the pigeon back up. Yeah, we'll put a, a stick up to its backside. We'll point your stick and stick it in the ground, or you can just put the beak so it's pointing into the ground. But you you don't want to use any that uh, the feathers are messed up on because a pigeon's got a really really good eye, and it can soon tell whether it's. Um, Bit a bit of a kill zone. I suppose it protects itself in nature from the hawks, mm-hmm. from the foals. So we we try and keep our feathers to a minimum. Um, and a wood pigeon's a you know very loose feathered bird. You'll end up with a a great big white patch of fe- feathers if you're not careful. Right. And it gives a big clue. And we use things what we call the pigeon magnet, where it goes round and round. You put a pigeon on either either end, and it's and it goes just circles. It's called a pigeon magnet. Yeah, and that's that's, that's a very good decoying thing. Very very good. You're gonna have to show me that one, man. I've never seen that before. I uh... oh, something you Google it. Okay. It, um, pigeon, pigeon magnet. Pigeon magnet. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. Google it. Um, when we get out the podcast, I'm gonna Google it. So I, uh, I'm going to use the. I'm, I'm actually gonna challenge myself, Robin. I wanna when I go out. Uh, I'm not going tomorrow. I'm actually going Sunday uh, to shoot, and I wanna challenge myself to use maybe a Mojo, um, the yep. wings, the the one with the battery and the wing spinning, and yeah. I'm gonna. I'm, I bought one for Rachel for Christmas. She's ever so happy about it. Yeah, I. Yeah. She really likes it. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, she loved it. I am. Um, yeah, this this will be my first battery powered one. I had the the regular one that uses the wind to spin last year. Um, yeah. But I I just think the battery one just works better. I mean, they want to see you know wings moving. Yeah. Um, That's the one I. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let. You know, just to get back to the dogs, uh, what would you do if if a dog has never had a dove in its mouth before? Let's say it doesn't know scent, it doesn't know anything about a dove. How would you get it acclimated to it? I I would pick one up by hand and throw it out like you're throwing a bumper. Okay. And I wouldn't throw it any more than about five or six feet away from me because I want it to come back to me. Yeah. And I may may get down on my knees, get it to come in, anything like that. I'm really encouraging it. It's done the right thing. I certainly wouldn't give it a shot, a really bad shot bird. Right. That that that's that's a, a must not really. You don't want to be giving it a really bad shot bird to start off with. As they get older, they don't care. Right. But you don't want to put that temptation in to, to crunch like we were talking about pulling the head off or stuff like that but we also don't want to put it off retrieving either so I'd be very very careful and also what you want to be careful with these young dogs you don't want to dump to fall in a pile of fire ants either mm. pick that up spits it out won't go back and pick it again and I've seen that first hand that is true that is another good point um, I again didn't didn't think about it but I guess yeah. When we are out dove hunting, there are a lot. Of, there's a ton of ant piles, actually. Yes, I'm not saying you got you know, but I would be very, very careful. A young dog that 
you know, it's not selling a pile of fire ads, and you've not, you know, sent it in for something that's that's uh, you know, that's going to put it off. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, we lost you. Yeah. So, let's, let's, let me ask you this, Robin. Let's say that your dog is, is just steady as steady can be, right? What yep. would you, how would you go about dealing with another dog who is breaking and picking up your birds and you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And now your dog has started competing with the other dog. How do you solve that? Well, for one thing, if I had a dog that was doing that in front of my dog, I would actually, I wouldn't send my dog at all. I would just, you know, I'd make a point of not sending it. I'd want to send it really to, to make it get out there quicker, but best thing is not to send your dog. Maybe go up and see the guy whose dog's breaking every time and just say, hey, do you mind just you know, put your dog on a leash a minute? I just need a couple of retreats for my young dog. Yeah. And yeah. That, I, I certainly wouldn't get into the frame of, you know, turning it into a race. It's very tempting, but it doesn't work. And it doesn't end very well at all for you. Yep. That dog over there that's doing all that, you know, picking every bird. Everything like that. That dog's already already ruined. Don't be tempted to ruin yours at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like being by rushing. Yeah. I mean, the dogs are they are competitive, and you know, it will happen, and you'll regret it before you know it. Your dog will turn into the same dog as the guy that's that's your shooting up. Right. And so I would rather. He'll try. I'd rather pick one up myself and give it a memory retrieve on the way back to the truck to yeah. ruin my dog. Yeah. And I think that's a very good thing to do. I think it is too. Um, and, and again, you're going to see a lot of that, man. I, I just know what it feels like to be coming right off the summer. Everybody, you know, we've all done all the work. We've been shooting. We've been out and, and and hopefully everybody that's been listening we've been training and you know doing all the right things and and you're gonna get to the dove fields and of course on opening day it's gonna be totally packed you're gonna get to the dove fields and you're going to see dogs breaking left and right left and right left and right of course, of course you are and, and i'm not saying i'm not saying you know we've got a that's part of it. Everybody wants to go hunting, and I'm glad people want to go hunting. And that does happen. But if you're okay with that in your hunt club, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It doesn't matter. But if you want to keep your dog trained, you know, you want to go out and do a duck blind later in the year, that dog is never going to say, hey, I'm in a dog, I'm, I'm doing this in the doves, I'm, you know, I'll throw up and beat another dog and chase it around with a dog blinds is going to do the same so you'd better look after your own dog and let some other people worry about their own dog you know it's not worth falling out with friends over it or anything like that but you just it's whatever you want for your dog and you know we all we've all got dogs for different reasons you know and and I think 
I like mine to be ultra steady and everything like that, but not everybody does. Everybody has a dog for a reason. Um, but if you can limit that competing with other dogs and chasing them around and stop it in the beginning, then it, it generally will not come out. Yeah. You, you've got to instill patience in yourself and the dog. You know? But, again, I just said, everybody's got a dog for their own reason for, the, for what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and we got some listener responses. Um, Robin, I think that answer, you know, I think everybody that's on the line, that's, you know, myself included, um, I think we all agree. Set yourself up uh, for success. My buddy Shane is on and he said as soon as you you know, got to explaining, set it up, you know, set your dog up for success. And I don't think, you know, a successful dove hunt doesn't mean your dog retrieved doves. A successful dog hunt, you know, means that your dog was, it, it fit the standard of what you had to work on that day. A lot of dog work and dog work is, it's not what you retrieve, it's what you don't retrieve sometimes. Mm-hmm. And early on, that is a big thing. It's, you know, limit, limit your dog to certain things. Don't let it, you know, put it away wanting another one. Yeah. Put it away you know, if it's seen a bird shot, it's gone out and picked one, and it's seen another one, you've shot another one, it's sat there steady, don't keep it out there until it breaks. Put it away on a successful note, not come back with a headache. Right. And it is, it's slow footsteps, and you and, and you'll get to the finish goal. Right. You really hope. So... Let's let's talk about something, and this is something that's very important to me. Um, you know, as I learn more from you, um, as far as British training, I watch more, you know, YouTube videos, and I always like watching stuff like that. And so, you know, British culture, British gun dog culture, you guys are sticklers for a settled dog. Y'all's dogs don't make noise. They don't get to running and panicking and hiding. Y'all's dogs are very calm. So how do you how do you settle a dog that's come out to the dove line and it's not it's not peaceful? Good Ralph. If your dog's not settled out to the when you go to the dove field, it's not settled in training. Yep. A lot of people will tell you I don't oh, it's the first time I've it's done that. That's lies. It's there's, there's no ifs or buts about it. If that dog would not settle in the duck in, in the duck line or the duck line, whatever you want to call it, it's not settled during its everyday training. Right. And again, that's where generally probably what's happened, we've shortcut our training, you know, we've done a little bit of steadiness, we've let it retrieve too many things. We've let it retrieve too quickly. We've been throwing things out there, let it retrieve instantly. It's not going to learn to be settled. You've got to throw things. You've got to have a big pause before you send it. A young dog, you know, you do send it quickly to start off, but gradually you hold it back longer and longer each time. And that's all part of training drill. It's nothing other than that. Mm -hmm. So a settled dog... Just because it's a settled dog doesn't mean to say um, it's, 
it can't have been settled during its training. And if you've got one like that, don't take it out tomorrow. Take it out and take it out after the hunt. Right. Take it out, out, let it pick some retrieves close to hand to you. Don't sit it in the blind and hope it's going to turn out right because it won't. Mm-hmm. It, it just won't. And and don't even set your dog up for it. Just don't put him in the blind. No, no don't take it. Don't take it. Right. Don't don't take it out. I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, you bring the dog; it's good." Especially mm-hmm. if none of them have got a dog. Your mates are good at ruining your dog sometimes. A lot of people, oh, you know, let's take it out. It'll be all right. Just see what it's like. But if you know it's breaking on bumpers, there's no way it's going to sit there if it's breaking on bumpers still. Right. There's no way. Right. And, you know, those are very, very, very simple things that you can do in the yard. You know, those are things that you can just nip in the bud there. But again, that is something that we've been doing since last season ended, you know? Well, you just, what you do, you know, I said, you take your doves back, home with you, put them in the fridge or freezer, whatever you want to do, send them out in the yard. Take your little cap gun out to start off with, throw the dubs around it, make it sit there and watch, watch them hit the ground and say no and call it to you. Right. Things like that. Then they'll have a retrieve. Do, do all your that sort of work prior. Right. I mean, it's, it's again, setting your dog up for success. Um, you know, Robin, I, I just really appreciate you, you know, suggesting to the listeners um that we do a podcast on the dove opener and just dove training and, and like you said like we we had discussed before we're going to do one every time you know the season opens up because i really think that's necessary and i hope you guys you know thoroughly enjoy the questions and of course always give us more um but we needed to hear that robin you know i i personally and i think my dog is pretty steady he's cool but i still wanted to hear it just because I mean, it's not that drought. I've made the mistakes. Yeah. I just don't want anyone else ruining a dog. You do make the mistakes. You can't help them. We've all done it. Right. Um, taking them out too soon, and it, you know, and it, it's it's a hard road back to make that dog once it's done it on game because it won't forget it. Right. And it is a tough road back for the trainer and the dog, you know. And it's then it's a matter of not letting it see a bird for a long time or not been able to take it out hunting with you for a while, whereas you just waited two or three months, it'd have been a different out- outcome. Yep. I mean, and that's, and even, you know, when I get my next dog, um, especially, you know, I want a good, a nice shooting dog, you know, like I really want a nice gun dog. And if, if that means that the next dog that I get, I, I won't take that little lab out and, just have him sitting there and, and if he's acting all kinds of crazy um you know at the dove shoot or whatever just don't take him out it's like it's about resisting the temptation because we all yeah. want a good shooting dog we do and that's fair there's nothing wrong with that but you well, gotta do what's best to the dog there's a lot of these hunt clubs you could go out with just you and a friend go and put you out 10 or 15 quail or whatever they do for you and your friend shoots you've got your dog at heel and then and then you just let him have what you want him to have 
there's a lot of young clubs that are doing it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very, very good thing. And uh, I hope to be able to do it one day, yeah. you know, get out of people. Right. Well, what, you know. I, I, do it, I do it here now, you know, with my own, you know, but we, should, we haven't got a home club here, so I'm allowed to shoot, get, you know, shoot the, the quail and things, but it, it's not big enough to be a home club. But, you know, one day, it could, it could happen. I mean, but I'm just I'm just driving down the road now, just seen about 15 doves. I've got all excited. I want to jump out of the car myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ne- I'm nearly winding up barking, Darrell, you know? But, right, look. I'm I'm here for it, man. I want to. I'm excited myself. I want to get that old twenty gauge out there that I just got, and I'm I'm trying to wear some doves out on Sunday. There you go. You got to get that new one out, aren't you? Oh yeah, that's 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 what we're taking. I'm gonna leave the twelve gauge in the truck, but I, that twenty gauge, that Beretta twenty. Oh yeah. Well, I hope it does it for you. Oh, you had the gun before. I think you had it in 28, didn't you? Yeah, I've got it at 28. See? The smaller one, 28-inch. See, yeah. I I, I think that, that that gun is going to do a lot of really, really good things. But, you know, I um, I want to go ahead and wrap it up. You said what? Brett do know how to make guns, don't they? They've been doing it for 500 years. Yeah. They ought to send me a free one now. Hey, right. Let's 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 go get sponsored by Beretta. Let's go have a. That's who we need to talk to. <laughs> yeah, we need we need we need Beretta tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I need Beretta yeah. before the Dove opener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you've got one. I haven't, so you better you have to give it to me now, Drop. Look, it, it, it's not too many people I would let borrow my gun. I'll let you borrow my gun, Robin. Yeah. So. I know that. <laughs> well, all right, guys. That is, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It's always fun, and it's always a pleasure to have Robin on. Um, you know, this time that was a, a freebie that he wanted to, uh, you know, give out right before the Dove opener came out. Have you some? Have you something to uh, maybe drive to in the morning? But uh, anywho, that's the end of the gun. Well, if, anybody gets, if anybody gets any problems, Corral, and they want to send any questions in, if they do get problems tomorrow, good point. You know, good point. Send good them point. off. Yeah, guys, that is a very good point. Before I end up wrapping everything up, if y'all go out and there's anything that y'all want to chit chat about as far as the dub opener or anything, guys. I mean, DM me. You can DM Robin, Tibia Gun Dogs, anything. You know, let us know what we can do, um, and especially Robin. I mean, this is this is the 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 the, the man that I'm learning from. So there's a lot of good trainers. There's a lot of good trainers out there trying to get a problem. People can help you. You know, if you're a first time dollar, you know, don't be trying to ask people. Exactly. Don't let it go. Don't let it go on to next time and the time after, because when it becomes a habit, then it's hard harder to get rid of a habit. Exactly. If it's a one-off, you can, you can correct it. Yep. Yep. And that's... there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of good trainers that can help people. You've had a lot of good trainers on Durrell. You know, there's a lot of good people out there. Yep. Um, and and I think you know, rather than let it fester and become a an abscess, you've got to get it at the beginning. You know. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let it linger. You're right. No, do not cure it. Yep. 
so guys, if you know, I'm here. Uh, you know, as we wrap everything up, feel free to reach out. If it if I can't help you out or if Robin can't help you out, I'm sure the both of us will will search high and low to make sure that we get you a solution or at least work through it. I mean, raising dogs is like, you know, putting together an algebra problem. Sometimes you just gotta work through it. So all right, guys. Well, like I said, that's the end of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. Uh, this audio, I'm going to go ahead and put on the actual uh, SoundCloud and iTunes uh, setup. So, you know, Robin, I, I think that is uh, all good. And we're going to wrap it on up from here. Thank you, Darrell. No, so 